Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome, it's Paul here. Many thanks for listening into this Mastering the Game of Life podcast where I'd like to start by asking you a simple, if not a strange question. Why don't fish climb trees? As you ponder on that seemingly abstract query, rest assured it's tied into our belief system, something I will elaborate on at the end of this podcast, and will hopefully challenge the way you look at things in the future. Originally, I'd intended to deep dive into the subject of motivation, However, I've changed this focus, though, for two reasons. Firstly, I firmly believe, based upon my own experience and research, that motivation is superficial and only offers short-term change. Secondly, long-term transformation emerges as a result of creating new, empowering beliefs based upon deep-rooted inspiration. By way of elaborating and putting this into context, Please allow me to share with you some of my own practical experiences that significantly contributed towards my journey from pain to purpose. From a very early age, I was constrained by the vice-like clutches of the demon drink. Such was my conditioning, I developed a binge approach, which in turn contributed to a very black or white, all or nothing mindset. The upshot being, I was either drinking flat out for weeks on end, or I never touched the stuff at all. Moderation was not a word I associated with anything, and not just the drink. Because I developed this polarised black or white existence, I was motivated to climb back out of the gutter once I'd finished the latest drinking bout I was on at the time. Problem was, I wasn't inspired to do so, and as a result, invariably ended up back there. And so the metaphoric dog just kept on chasing its own tail round and round and round without actually getting anywhere. Talking of dogs, it was an innocuous canine related incident that contributed radically towards changing one of my firmly held beliefs. I had grown up believing I was a hard drinking, hard hitting brawler, although I never really felt comfortable with this pseudo identity and deep down I somehow knew this wasn't who I genuinely was at my true core self. A few years ago, I went to pick my adult daughter up from her house, and as I waited for her to get her things together before we left, the family family border collie simply sat there obediently and stared at me with his beautiful piercing blue eyes. This unnerved me though, and initially I couldn't figure out why. I felt myself becoming emotional to the point where I made an excuse to leave the house and waited for my daughter in the car. A few minutes later, she arrived at the car and, witnessing my deeply reflective state, inquired if I was okay. The upshot was, the dog's attentiveness towards me had taken me back decades to when I was a young boy of seven and all the love and happiness I'd had in my life before my mother remarried. 
The reason, a beautiful black and white mongrel dog called Rocky. I had then, realising, despite the passing years, I was still that vulnerable, fun-loving child at heart. And all the years of addiction and violence I subsequently came embroiled in were merely sticking plasters to help me deal with my pain and suffering. Although I discovered my purpose at a very early age, I'd gone about fulfilling it completely the wrong way. In mitigation, though, that's experience that allows me to make that statement. And what I've learnt as a result is that you don't have to pay that ridiculously high price that I did to just to become the very best you can be. That opens up another point. None of us are actually broken. We don't need fixing. All we need to do, I believe, is, is work towards becoming somebody better, a better version of ourselves. That's it. Interesting how the Japanese rebuilt their whole country, culture and economy during the war on this throughout the Kaizen continuous improvement approach of our exceptional performances of yesterday will barely suffice for today and won't be nowhere near good enough for tomorrow. So putting aside the contradiction of focusing on tomorrow and not living in the here and now, the present, surely it's a great way to approach life. It's certainly something that's had a very positive influence on me. In my first podcast, I highlighted another pet-related scenario, referring to the title, I Don't Like Cats. This was about having that lifelong belief until decades later when it was actually put to the test. The fragile young kitten was fatally hit by a car and this left me devastated. Another fervent belief that I held from a very, very early age onwards was based around the three most important words that you can ever say to someone. I've asked this question to so many people over the years and a very, very high percentage have confirmed the expected response of I love you. However, I'd like to come back and challenge this towards the end of the podcast. There have been countless examples of our, of our how I and the masses of people that I've spoken to have had a really strong belief around something only to later discover that same belief is actually without legs to support it. The way I see it, if you imagine a belief as a tabletop, that top is only as strong as the legs below that support it. These reference legs can be used to support or weaken anything at all we choose to believe. It's simply a case of establishing what beliefs will empower and serve us in pursuit of our goals, for example, and then looking for experiences in our lives to support that belief. The reality is absolutely anything can become a belief, positive or negative, hence the old cliche of be careful what you focus on. Our beliefs come from a number of sources, including our environment, our education, our past outcomes, events in life and creative thinking. What I've learnt over the years, it's the last one, creative thinking, where there is real, real power to serve us. Our thoughts and words are massively influenced. Uh, they massively influence our beliefs. And to prove the point, I like to share with you a couple of simple exercises starting around thoughts. Firstly, stand up and then with one arm, point your finger straight ahead in front of you before beginning to move your arm as far behind you as you can. If you selected your right arm, move it to the right 
or your left arm to the left. When you've moved your arm as as far behind your body as you can, simply look at it, referencing where it is before returning to the starting point. Now, close your eyes and concentrate your thoughts around your arm being really flexible, like rubber, and imagine it moving further than it did the first time, say by 25-33%. As you open your eyes, now put it to the test. And see how much further your arm has moved behind you just because of your simple thought process. Athletes use this visualization technique and many scientific tests have proven that the ability to visualize is just as important as being in peak physical condition. These same principles apply equally in the game of life more generally, whether striving for success in business or your personal life. So what about words? How do they affect our beliefs? Let's try another simple exercise. Clench your fist and rigidly hold out your arm at shoulder height while someone pushes down on your arm to test your strength. Now, reaffirm some really positive words about yourself out aloud, such as, I'm so strong and really positive and a really powerful person. And you'll see how much stronger you become from the first test. So let's try it the other way around now by using self-defeating negative self-talk like I'm so weak and hopeless. I'm a failure. My life has no purpose. You'll notice how you become strong when you use strong words and weak when you use weakening words. There is great learning in this. And a massive reminder to be careful of the words we tell ourselves in everyday life. It's a case of our mind doing what we tell it to do, not the other way around. So constantly feed your mind better things and it will serve you and play a very significant part in getting better results for you. A few moments ago, I alluded to the three most important stroke popular words being spoken and around them being... I love you. But what if that wasn't the case and they were replaced by three other totally unromantic and unrelated words such as let it go. You see, by letting go of the pain from the past but not the lessons learned, we actually create space in our minds. We're emptying our garbage cans, if you like, and more importantly, in our hearts to embrace new, positive, self-serving beliefs. On the subject of let it go, I'd like to share some words from an unknown author about the reality of what it means to let go. To let go does not mean to stop caring. It means I can't do it for someone else. To let go is not to cut myself off. It's the realisation I can't control another. To let go is not to enable but to allow learning from natural consequences. To let go is not to try to change or blame another. It's to make the most of myself. To let go is not to care for, but to care about. To let go is not to fix, but to be supportive. To let go is not to judge, but to allow another to be a human being. 
To let go is not to be in the middle of arranging all the outcomes, but to allow others to affect their own destinies. To let go is not to be protective, it's to permit another to face reality. To let go is not to deny, but to accept. To let go is not to nag, scold or argue, but instead to search out my own shortcomings and correct them. To let go is not to adjust everything to my desires, but to take each day as it comes and cherish myself in it. To let go is not to criticise and regulate anybody, but to try to become what I dream I can be. To let go is not to regret the past, but to grow and live for the future. To let go is not to lose power, but to open to the power within. To let go is to fear less and love more. At the top of this podcast, I set the scene by asking the question, why don't fish climb trees? On the surface of it, a strange one to ask, but isn't the reality that most people would naturally believe that fish don't climb trees? That belief, that's their belief, it's their truth, and it's based on their present awareness. The reality is, though, some fish do climb trees. The Indian climbing perch, the climbing catfish, the mangrove killifish, and even the snakehead have the ability to scamper up trees, probably in search of food or to escape other predators in the water. So in summary, just a, a gentle reminder how awareness precedes beliefs, which in turn precedes creativity. It's as simple as ABC. Drop me a line to paul at paulohearts.com if you've got any thoughts or any questions and I'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, why not check out my website at paulohearts.com or any of my social media feeds. Thank you for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast and until next time, remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts. Thank you and take care. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.